And there came a day. A day unlike... Wait. No, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks in... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Welcome to episode 229 of Panelology. I'm Alex. And I am Brian. We're not asking this week, Brian. Neither of us is asking the other how it's been going. We're just going to jump straight into comics. The best thing about my week. Yes, let's go. Batman, number 99. <laughs> uh, this sets up the end of the Joker War. Um, we are now back to a post Rick world. <laughs> uh, we have Dick Grayson back, which is uh, very nice. Uh, yeah, and uh, I, I'm I'm kind of excited for this to uh, to wrap up. I like uh, I like Batman's recognition that he can't do some things by himself. <laughs> yes, he's bringing the family back. Yeah. Finally, that's kind of nice. Uh, I do have one question: Who they, they appear in here, but they don't make any mention of him. Uh -huh. is I don't think they're going to give us any sort of resolution or conclusion to the clown killer in this. Um, no, I don't think they are. Yeah. Having seen some covers for upcoming issues, I think clown killer and another character who we haven't seen yet, but who I think gets teased in 100. Okay. Uh, but there are some design sketches out there for uh, I think both of those characters are sort of going to be ongoing figures in Tynan's run. Yep. The only thing that is known about the identity of Clown Killer is there is a cover for one of December's issues that is like Batman kind of hunched over, pointing his finger into Clown Killer's chest, showing that Clown Killer is like, you know, maybe a young teen. And a lot of people immediately assumed that that was Damian Wayne. And James Tynan has said it is not Damian Wayne. Yeah, that would have been, I mean, that would have been too much. Yeah. Um. So that's the one thing we know about the identity of Clown Killer. It's not Damian Wayne. I do think it's going to be somebody we know, though. I feel like it kind of has to be, even though I'm not exactly sure who that is at this point. Yeah. Um, maybe one of the Robins from We Are Robin. That could make sense. That could, yeah. Uh, but I'm with you. I think it's got to be someone familiar. Agreed. The One of the other things, I should say, that I want to talk about in this issue is Joker designing the tackiest car in history. <laughs> well, no, second tackiest. The General Lee is still the tackiest car in wow, history. Wow, all right. There you go. Yeah, that, boy, that car didn't age well, did it? <laughs> That was the 1970s, Brian. That car didn't start well. Uh, was it 70? No, maybe 60s, 80s. 80s? No. no, it was it was it was at least 70s. Maybe it was late 70s. Yeah, that's probably right. Yeah. Um. But you're right. It. Yeah. No. Anyway, um, this is this is pretty bad. <laughs> the gaudiest stretch Hummer 
in Joker purple with just every bell and whistle like there is nothing it's the anti batmobile basically it is <laughs> all flash <laughs> it is the anti batmobile i love it oh. um which makes sense i guess given where we see the joker on the last page oh absolutely 100% cuz damn <laughs> Um, the highlight, and given that I'm pretty sure that I have phrased, I have referred to this character's appearances in this series as the highlight every time she's shown up, I bet you know where I'm going. Mm-hmm. Harley Quinn. Yeah. One, getting to see her perched with the Bat family. I know, right? That was so wonderful. It was fantastic. But then also her drawing a line in the sand for Batman. I Yeah, like I was, that conversation kind of shocked me. I think only because, I mean, it shocked me too for a couple of reasons. One, no one really talks to him that way. Dick a little bit maybe, but Dick, right. still, Dick still has that mentor-mentee relationship. Mm-hmm. Batman and Harley aren't that. Like, no. Harley's... Harley's maybe the weird aunt of the Bat family. Um, but that's, like, it. She yeah. doesn't answer to him. She's not trained by him. She is happy just to say, nah, pointy ears. This is how it is. Yeah, and, like, I, I think it's gotten to a point where she respects Batman, right? Right. But, like, understands that, he, you know, he is still human and he will make mistakes and sometimes it's not something, you know, like she's going to disagree with him and tell him. Yeah. Yeah. I I hope that after this arc Harley is still around cuz I've loved her dynamic here. Me too. Which we talked about, guy. I don't even remember what was this a was it a early Nightwing book maybe? I don't remember. Where there was a there was a uh, like a one story where it was Nightwing and Harley teamed up together, right? Oh, I think you're right. That has been a minute. I don't know, but uh, here's the thing: every time it's Harley and someone from the Bat Family like on the set, teamed up, it's been phenomenal. Like, yeah, yeah, I really like it. There's another character who's coming up in a couple issues, too, who's a pre-existing character who I'm also super excited to see join the roster of this book. It's like Tynan is writing the most Alex Bat book possible, <laughs> essentially. I don't know how he keeps doing it. Um, okay, can I, can I ask about those, that two-page where Batman arrives at Ace Chemicals, though? Yeah. Holy, is that, like, like, I turned and saw that page, and I just, like, I just had to stop. I... If DC doesn't release, like, a full print of that page... Right. ...then they don't understand selling merchandise. Like, like it, it, it's it got that super gaudy Joker stretch thing in it. It's got Ace Chemicals with, you know, green lights flashing. But then, like, Batman arriving with that shadow of, you know, mm -hmm. on the ground. It's just, like, it, it is just stunning when you first turn the page and see it. Yeah, it's... Like, it's it's a showstopper. I mean, and then the next page is almost as good. And there's, like, no words on either of those pages. It's just art. It's yeah. They're, they're pinups is what they are. They're beautiful. 
Yeah. yeah. Uh, while we are on the Joker War, mm-hmm. uh, we get a couple of pages of Catwoman and Penguin and Riddler preparing for a heist. Yeah. And uh, then Selena in Catwoman, and her crew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then in Catwoman number 25, we get said heist. Okay. I'm going to tell you, Rut. I loved this book. Wasn't this fantastic? Okay. So here's what. Here's the. Like, this first story is the story of the heist, right? Yep. It is intermingled with these self-comment pages of Selena and about how what she does is like a dance, right? Mm -hmm. With that insanely gorgeous sepia artwork of her and the tiger that we, you know, previewed last time. Yep. I mean... I was like, holy crap, this is one of the best Catwoman stories I've read, maybe even ever. Like, it's <laughs> so good. Right? Then we get the next story, which is very, very different, but I love what it did with her character and this kind of regrounding, right? Well, and this is the story which I believe is going to become the basis of this ongoing. Sure, absolutely. And there, Like, I don't see how you would guess anything else well Um, i've read the solicitations for upcoming issues so i know got it um but so before we get to that real quick so we'll go to the first story is essentially like you said that heist and it is her making good on what she screwed up with giving joker the wayne money yep yeah Um, there is a part of this story though that reminded me of our conversation about the upcoming John Ridley Batman miniseries. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we both agreed that there is a clear candidate for who would logically be Batman in it. Right. And we both went to Luke Fox. Yes. It was really hard not to go back there and think, okay, yes, this is moving in that direction. Right. Seeing Luke and Luke's role in this story. Yeah. And it, this story and. Batman 99 and Batgirl. This, here's the thing, Luke, the same scene with Selina and Luke have basically appeared in all three to show you specifically where it plugs in. Yeah. Um, And I think there's very much a reason for that. Like, it, I think it doesn't matter which of these books you read, they want you to know that he is a character back involved again. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, so the next one is uh, called Return to Alleytown, and it is Catwoman going back to Alleytown and setting, I guess you could say, putting down her roots again. Yeah. <laughs> right? Well, Reconnecting. Part of, part of what I really like about it is it feels like a very Catwoman story, right? Like, we've right, seen yeah. so many Catwoman stories that are iterations on here she is taking in orphans and looking for looking out for the poorer parts of Gotham. But this is, I think, made different by her choosing to set up roots and her picking out kids to mentor and things like that. Yeah. There are, there are a couple of really small things that I love. One, I love how she handled the kid with the gun. Yes. Right? Very, very different from Batman, but like... And and for him, probably more effective, right? Yeah. Um, the other is, 
one of the kids, like, there's no, nothing ever said about it, nothing else, but like, the shirt that he's wearing is just this red shirt that has like a silhouette of a cat on it. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, wow, that's, <laughs> it's beautiful, just beautiful. Um, yeah, and so she's, she's setting up roots, and then I, I, I didn't think I could like anything better, and then we get to this third story, <laughs> which is, holy crap, is this one of the best stories, <laughs> like, I, I, it's part of the reason, like, long term, I don't think so uh, as much, but it was so unexpected, I was so not expecting this, and it just it, it hit me exactly right when I read it, kind of thing. Yeah, um, I mean it's it's it is a true backup that features, let's say, a character, a character who we probably only really need the inner monologue of once. Correct. Um, with one but, possible exception, and I'll get to that at the end of this. But, well, yes, um, that's a super pets team up. Specific or or it doesn't even have to be a super like a major super pets team up. It just has to be this character and Ace. Yeah. Which, fair. you know, would mimic things so well, right? <laughs> yeah. Um I I dug this book so much. I'm glad that you have enjoyed it too, because oh I know God. I've I've hyped this book for so long, I feel yeah. like. Yeah. Uh that I am glad that it is not just me. Let's just say we get a um, a real feline's perspective of Selena. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And and let's just say, well played. <laughs> Once more with feline. <laughs> I love it. No, it's super, super, super good. If you even have thoughts of uh, interest in in reading Catwoman, this is the book to jump on. Yep. Yeah. Injustice, Year Zero, number six. Uh, who boy, some things happen. Uh, let's just say Joker learned something he didn't know about Alan Scott's powers. <laughs> yeah. Um, I really expected, well... I was not expecting that. I was not expecting that, exactly, no. That was beautiful. I mean, it was horrible, but it was beautiful. Like, I can admire the, I can admire the execution of it. Yeah. Not knowing how many issues of this we're getting. Yeah. I wasn't sure how much of a direct line into Injustice Year One, number one, this was going to be. Okay. Um, but watching the Joker take control of and attack the JSA just to ruin the Justice League's day was not a plot beat I expected. No, but it is both very, very true to the character. And it's not just that that's what he does. It's how he does it. That is, that is like, to me, that is the best joker yeah if that makes sense now he does at one point in this flag wildcat and <laughs> he's yeah. he looks at this photo and sees a look of respect in batman's eyes and says, so i'm gonna go after him first uh what are what are the odds that wildcat just kicks joker's ass <laughs> i would well I, I, yeah i mean i think normally the answer is yes but we'll see yeah 
Yeah. Maybe not right now, but Right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh oh. This is this is a good this is this is a good book. If you like and I know we've said that, but if you like Injustice, that you definitely owe it to yourself to, to read this. Yep. Yeah. Meanwhile, in the Justice League, speaking of the return of Dick Grayson. Right, yeah. We get the team up. We've all been waiting for Dick Grayson, Hawk Girl, Detective Chimp, and Lex Luthor. <laughs> and I mean, I guess you can't call it a team up if they're fighting them, but we also have the Creepers, not not the Creeper, the Creepers, and the Grundies. <laughs> Which I love if for no other reason than it reminds me of their friendship in... In yep. ju- not injustice. Uh, in, um, deceased. Deceased. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Um, yeah. So the creepers are essentially using the Grundies as mounts. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's... I I love and, and every time I see something like that, I think back to your comment about what you read from from Snyder that said that like you won't believe some of the places we go with this, right? <laughs> yeah. Like like all 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 bets are kind of off. Like like I, I love how crazy they're allowing themselves to get with this. Like, I don't know, taking one of the space gods or whatever from No Justice and yeah. bringing it back to life as a giant bat knight. The Omega Knight? Yes. Yeah. Omega Titans, that's what they were called. The Omega Titans, yes. Yeah, bringing one of them back as the Omega Knight. Yeah, that was uh wow. <laughs> um and now seeing this last page, I now know for and I don't know why I didn't put this together. You know, all of these Batman are Bruce Wayne from a, a for, you know, from alternate realities that essentially have taken the powers of some other hero, right? Yeah. Um and I don't know why it never occurred to me who whose powers Mindhunter had taken. But they don't leave you much doubt here. They like they pretty much tell you straight out. No, it's it's very clear. Yeah. That is a terrifying combination. I mean, I know the point right? is that they all are, but that one in particular. That and that's kind of why when I saw it and like realized it, I was like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah. That's not good. <laughs> No. no. No, that's that is officially a bad day at the office. <laughs> yeah, officially so, yes. Uh good god, I'm loving Justice League. I'm loving I am loving the whole dark metal and death metal and the perpetua stuff. Like it's all been really really good. It's been appropriately, you know, uh I would say universe shattering, but multiverse shattering, right? It's been like everything about it's been great. I am coming to a place where I am ready to see it enter its concluding areas though. Yeah, I'm we are we are basically at kind of on the calendar the halfway mark of it. Right. I am curious to see, given what you've just said, which I think is pretty true for me too. Uh I am curious to see how the many, many, many one-shots and tie-ins that are going to play out with it through the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, read, given 
given how much we kind of have already covered with just three issues yeah. plus a couple times. And I think more, not not so much even, like, calendar-wise or, you know, actual physical, but more, like, story-wise, I'm ready for it to start showing some some signs of what the this conclusion is going to be, like, yeah. what the end story is going to be, right? Yeah. I think, I think we've probably got some, like, big twists and act shifts. Like, if I had to guess, yeah. either the the flash issue next week or the third of the three one shots this month mm-hmm. will kind of be the end of act one if i had to guess or maybe even the end of act two depending on how and that's kind of where i'm yeah i'm 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 at a point that i'm hoping we're we're approaching the end of act two is where yeah. i'm yeah like maybe this my, month my, is act two yeah right that's kind of, and that's that's kind of what i'm, I'm hoping that all of these like one shots are essentially kind of what they're treating as act two, and then we get back into and and conclude in yeah anyway yeah okay time will tell it will Stillwater number one uh this is very 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 good um I think three varies is the most I'm allowed to actually use before it's just bad commentary uh Chips Darsky Ramon K Perez Mike Spicer. Uh, are the creative team. This is from Image. This is about a couple of shitty dude bros, which was not an energy I knew this book was going to bring, who one has lost his job for shoving another employee, and the two go get super drunk, and, well, he gets super drunk. His friend seems to be fine. Uh, And the next day, he receives a letter from a random courier? a mysterious courier who looks displaced from time, uh, telling him that his great-grand-aunt in Stillwater has died and left everything to him. So he and his friend hop in the car and go to Stillwater, because what else does he have going on? Um, And this place is not on any maps. Like, Google Maps can find it, but it's not on any printed maps. There's no road signage, like, Everyone who they talk to at gas stations getting there, it's like, this town doesn't exist. What are you talking about? And they get there and head into the diner to grab some lunch and find out where this attorney's office is. And the uh, uh, server at the diner says, well, him, he hasn't, he hasn't lived here in 15 years. Uh, and then one kid shoves another kid off the roof of a building. So the dude runs out and rushes the kid to a doctor, and the kid gets up and is fine. Totally heals up. The uh, cut that the guy had gotten in the bar fight heals up entirely, too, he realizes. And, oh, whoops, no one can die, and all your injuries magically heal. And the sheriff cannot have this getting out, and things start to go poorly for our shitty dude bros, to put it lightly. Um, It's pretty terrifying. As someone from a smallish town, it's pretty terrifying. Just this whole outdated, nothing ever changes, outsiders are bad mentality. Um, I am here for it. Curse you, Alex. <laughs> I was really, I, like, this was one of those that I was really on the fence about whether I was going to get it or not. So I decided I would let you get it and read it and tell me. I mean, I know I love Chip's stuff, though, so I figured I'd like it. But like, maybe I'll save it and, and read it just before, uh, I don't know. The hot, the Halloween stuff. Well, you should you should 
at least pick up one for I think one is actually the only one that'll be out before we record the spooptacular. Oh, that's probably true. Yeah. But uh you should pick it up and we can all talk about it together then. Okay. This is a tease for that. It's almost almost like I meant to leave it a tease and just describe mm. what happens and not actually talk about how great it is. Mm. Almost. Nice. Iron Man number one. Uh, oh man. <laughs> You know who my favorite character was in this book? Patsy Walker. It, it, I was going to say, it wasn't Iron Man. I mean, I I did like Tony in this book. He was fine. But Patsy was great. Patsy is the best. Hey, which cover did you get? Uh, I think I've got two. I've got, like, the main uh, Alex Ross wraparound cover. And I can't remember the other one that I've got coming. So the one I got is the R.B. Silva uh, cover C, because there are, like, three that are... I think that's the other one that nice. I got. It is Iron Man fighting an octopus. Beautiful. I think it's that is the other one that I got, yeah. A gorgeous cover. I love it. I also would not hate having a print of it. <laughs> um, There was only one page in this that really bothered, or one scene that really bothered me. Yeah? Yeah. It, it was the the how casual and dismissive they treated uh Janet showing up and like them ending that. Yeah, that was an awkward beat. Right? Um like literally she she just flies up as a, a, you know tiny as wasp and says uh he's bought a new new brownstone. She flies over nice place. Thanks. I just wanted to tell you face-to-face that I've moved on. I think it's what's best. I agree. Take care anyway. Okay, you too, Janet. And she flies off. Like, yeah, I, huh? I, I really don't know if it's just a product of the way that the first half or so of this issue is structured, where each day of a week is a couple of pages. Right. Or if it's a little bit well, this Lucinda is still open. We need to take care of it quickly. I, and here's the thing: I don't even i I don't even mind them kind of uh, hand waving, right? This it away just feels apathetic. It, well, that's my point. If they were going to hand wave it away, I would have rather have seen him just have an internal monologue of, "Yeah," and I t- I, I talked to Janet today, and you know. We decided it was best to end things, right? Yeah. And not actually seen the scene, right? Yeah. I, I would have rather that happened than than this. I feel like part of what makes it... And then, then maybe we should move on, because yeah, yeah, the yeah. rest of this worked really well. Oh, part it did. Part of what it makes did. it so strange is she stays shrunk the whole time. Yeah. And it really it really makes it read like she's just this insect flitting by. Yeah. Yeah, it like I said, it just it just that one did not ring true or yeah. kind of right to me. But that other than that, and that's why I said that was that was a single page. Other than that, I really enjoyed this book. Yeah. Um, let's talk about what's going on here. Some of this yeah. is a little bit kind of of catching folks up on maybe what they might have missed in Iron Man 2020. Tony has stepped down from Stark unlimited or whatever it's called divested himself of his portfolio for the most part and is really trying to just live live what he thinks of as a quiet normal life 
Right. He's not great at it. Um, and again, maybe maybe that's a little bit of what the Janet thing is too, but I think the execution fumbles yeah. Yeah. beyond just what the story is asking uh, in that one regard. But seeing things like he goes to buy a car and he wants these like really specific, really classic cars and the dealer's like, if you're if you're trying to get back to brass tacks here here's a stock model of this kind of beater from the 80s if you want to fix it up i bet you know how but do it yourself yeah and then it just cuts to him stuck in traffic and already like kind of over it yeah well there's there's two things one this is my quote of the week brian's quote of the week so He's throwing this party for, like, all of these people that are his friends, and there are definitely air quotes around that, um, it, which are essentially, you know, all of these other tech people, right? Um, yeah. Patsy shows up. That's where she comes into this. And he says something early on about, you know, oh, I've got something I want to show you today. And so there's some interruption or whatever. And anyway, she goes, anyway, there's something you wanted to show me? So they start walking, like, downstairs, and she goes, by the way, don't do anything gross or I'll kick your ass. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you, but I think you'll like this. And so they walk down, and she sees the car that he bought that you just talked about. She's like, oh, so you're going through some midlife crisis, um, a man quest. No, not the car, something else. And he opens up the suitcase, and there's an Iron Man suit in it, and she's like, her board, oh my god, it's really true. You're Iron Man. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. At one point, he even asks her, were you always this funny? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, and, and the, the what he wanted to show her specifically is it's like a very much a throwback vintage looking Iron Man suit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. She makes she even makes the comment. Are you kidding? I love vintage clothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So the two of them go out on patrol as Hellcat and Iron Man, right? And. I think probably the most telling single thing in this book, though, is when he's the trying to tell her. Oh. Well, no, right, right, literally right before that, when he's trying to tell her, you know, I really feel like I need to get back to my roots. I want to put more iron back in Iron Man. Like, I'm trying to, I, I don't know who I am, and I'm trying to figure it out, and this, that, and the other, that. And she says something about, like, you know, do it. Dramatically say, who am I? And he's like, God, you're harsh. And she's like, well, maybe you need to be no one at all. And he's like, out. And she goes, Tony, with love, this new humility you've got going on, it's just your ego in different clothes. Still. She's so It's good. still your ego in different clothes. Yeah. It's like, oh, that may be the most telling thing about this run that, yeah. Or insightful thing is he's doing all these things, but is it? It, it they kind of don't feel genuine. Yeah, right. I also like that this does, and we we kind of talked about this before, but to sort of tie it all together, this does feel like a logical next step after Empire and after Iron Man twenty twenty. Absolutely, yes, I I agree. It does feel like it feels very much like a what Tony would do in response to all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, we also absolutely have to talk about the art in this book, which uh, is yeah. by Kafu with colors by Frank Darmada. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a gorgeous, gorgeous book. Um, I mean, while, while we are still on the topic of Patsy, who is my favorite thing about this, 
just the design of her showing up in this yellow and blue dress, she is immediately recognizable, despite there having been, like, no mention of her in this book prior Correct. to her showing yeah. up. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. She, it, it's like, oh, I know who this is. <laughs> yeah, like I was not expecting to see her here, but yes, no, perfect. It yeah. is so well designed yeah. and well colored and yes and Uh, i love the different palette choices right like at the party it's very bright in the background like literally that you you, you're constantly seeing lights and everything in the background is washed out kind of right yeah and then like when they're on patrol and when they go down to his basement it's all you know darks and blues and yeah when he's street racing it's inky and yes other yep. than like there's no natural light, everything is washed out headlights or shadow. Yep. I I, I really enjoyed how they used lighting in this. Very yeah. much so. Thor number seven, real quick. Um we are on kind of a short two issue arc uh between everything we had with the Black Winter and what comes next. And this seems to be very specifically dealing with the idea that has been teased throughout Kate's run so far that Milner has been getting heavier and heavier for Thor. Uh, and we learn what the corollary to that is because there is another side to that coin. Uh, when the hammer drops down into Broxton with Tony Stark's phone number on it. <clears throat> okay. I don't know what it is, but Please tell me that's some kind of metaphor for something. <laughs> uh, no, it literally says call Tony Stark and then has a real phone number that you can call to get Tony Stark in the real world on it. <laughs> what does that number actually go to, Alec? I mean, do I need to dial it right here on the call? Do it. Do it on the air. Sure. I mean, I, I could have at least hoped it would say for a good time call Tony Stark and give the number that would have been. <laughs> All right. Let's let's dial a Tony. Dial a Tony. Now wait, this isn't Fat Tony in the house, is it? <laughs> I don't get your reference. That was one of the uh, that was one of the responses oh, right, right, right. on the on the text chain of on the Reddit chain in uh, sorry the Reddit chain in um, Iron Man. So what does Tony say? Iron Man. However, due to some big blonde jerk, I no longer use this number. But hey, nice try anyway. For all things Tony Stark, please visit www.tonystarkironman.com and uh, try and stay safe out there, yeah? I'm busy enough as it is. God, whose voice was that? I don't know. It sounds familiar though, right? It almost sounds like, um, uh, uh, God. Dang it. Um, Star-Lord. Um. Chris Pratt? Yeah, it almost sounded. It, I think it was a little off from that, but that, that like that's who it reminded me of the most. I think anyway. Weirdly, I went to Happy Hogan. Oh, well, okay. Can you imagine if Tony made Happy Hogan record his voice messages for him? <laughs> oh, love it! Wow, that was that was that was kind of fun. Yeah, cool. Um, the other thing that happens in this book. Uh, other than just some great Thor and Sif banter using Hugen and Mugen as shortwave radios, Thor invites Beta Ray Bill, who he just absolutely 
destroyed and whose hammer he literally shattered a couple of issues ago uh up to asgard and asks him to become his second in command oh yep thor is afraid something is coming thor had had a vision revealed to him by the black winter and does not trust himself to not have someone there to have his back and to take over should he be incapacitated got it um and all i'll say to that is i bet that this eventually ends up tying into kieran gillen's eternals run um x-men the x-books the x-books this is starting with hellions number four um or havoc has a bad day (laughs) shot through the heart and you're to blame you give love a bad name Oh my god, like I like we get canon confirmation that the mutants are horrible, awful creatures when it comes to this one person, huh? Yeah, pretty much. I mean this has to come back and bite everyone, right? Like honest to god and as much as I love all of these uh, all of the mutants and like I hope so. Like this is this is the worst decision they've made. Yeah. By far. All prior decisions are are uh <laughs> nothing next to this one. <laughs> They made a line in the sand and then crossed it. Made a line. Yeah, I See got what it. I, did there? I, 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 I picked up on it. <laughs> it's not as good as the prior thing, but I love it. <laughs> oh my yeah. god! Ah, wow. Um, I think I said the same thing last issue, but like, I really feel for her. Like, she's done a lot. Don't get me wrong; she's done a lot of awful things, but like. The whole idea of being heroes is that it doesn't matter how awful the other people have been. You don't treat people that way. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know her whole history. Yeah, but like at the at the point where you have a character questioning their reality, or at least having to assert their personhood. Yeah, you have as you have as a society, as a group of people, fucked up. Real yeah. bad. Yeah, and that's my point. And like they keep making that they're here's the thing. It's I get it's a hard thing to deal with, but essentially they just keep making the decision to not deal with it. Yeah. Which is like uh I like I like I would not have blamed Havoc had he lost it again at the end there and lit stuff up. Yeah, it it's gonna get ugly. Er, ugly er, ugly er. Yeah, man. How about giant size X Men Storm number one? We we tie together a few threads here, huh? We do. I was uh, this gave. I, I mentioned what I wanted from this last week, and they gave me everything I wanted in it. Um, it was it's almost like they planned it. It's almost like they planned it. Um, yeah. So Cipher was great in this. <laughs> I am always here for host friend Cypher. I know it's beautiful. Um, like here's the th- give me all that warlock content. Oh yeah, you know who else I liked in this? Storm. I, well, I mean, I did, but I liked Ned. Oh, Ned was very good. 
Ned is a new named slash anonymous still because we have no idea what he looks like. Hive scientist, or I'm sorry, AIM, AIM. scientist. No, not the beef. Not the beef. That was evil organization, <laughs> right? I know. The science bros who wear beekeeper. Clothes. Yeah, exactly. That's what's where I went. That was the that was the path of thought that took me to say that. But yes, um, I got you. He is he is an AIM scientist who was going to betray them, but like, oh my god, the world is so cool that I, you know what? You don't even have to pay me. I'm just going to stay here. <laughs> he, he's wonderful. Like he's he's so reflectionally honest about who he is and what he wants. It's it's kind of nice. Yeah, yeah. Um. So we journey into the world to separate the technorganic virus from Storm. Yep. Uh, her organic parts are fine, but then they have this technical entity that was also exposed to time energies, like. Storm had been. Mm-hmm. Um, that is definitely one hundred percent sentient. Yeah, yeah, like like you knew even before they got to that part in the story what was going to happen, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Like like she comes out of it, and uh, cleverly enough, it's Ned, right, who says, mm-hmm. "Oh yeah, I was expecting this," and instantly contains this this entity, right? I um, mean, real talk. I expected it to be a Nimrod. Oh, did you? Yes. Yeah. There's, and I I wish I had it more fresh in my mind. There is some of the white pages that uh, Hickman did about the whole Technarch and what constitutes this level of technology. And you know the part, you know the one I'm talking about? Powers of 10, number three. Three, I think it was I, right. Yeah, I know it was in the Powers of Ten stuff, where they talk about you know what the technarchy is and um, you know what constitutes this this thing. Where I, yeah, I totally expected it to be a plug in to that somehow, right? Yeah. Well, I think I went Nimrod because we saw Nimrod in Powers of Ten. Too. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and Nimrod is kind of a side response to that so in a way he kind of fits into that structure like he fits into it as a as a opposition to it kind of so yeah yeah um but yeah i like as soon as that happened i was like oh this thing's coming back and then they actually they actually move on to tell us you know cypher has a conversation with it and like tells us yeah yeah i know you're sentient and yeah guess i'll be seeing you too so that's not going to end. I also love the little bit at the end where where Doug is just joking about how great he is at fieldwork. <laughs> He's so good. I love Bonet's comment. Uh, one of the one of the things in the world like attacks him, and, and and you know Warlock is there and protects him or whatever. But she like comes in slashing and, and says essentially, "That's what you get when you attack Bambi, <laughs> <laughs> the mutant Bambi." That's it. <laughs> yep. I love it. <sighs> then we have Excalibur. Yeah. Um. So I will say this one thing. It is very, 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 very important that you read Excalibur 12 before X-Men 12. That I, yeah, that I would 100% believe. Things have been a little fuzzier of late in terms of read order. Right. And how specifically things line up. 
Excalibur 12 goes directly into X-Men 12. Um, I, uh, I was excited for this particular issue of this book for two reasons. One is, I feel like I finally understand what the hell Two Dot's trying to do. Same. Actually, right? you know, here's the funny thing. You don't yet. You will when I, you read X-Men number okay. 12. Like, but, but like, and maybe like don't fully understand, but like, it's you get like, what he's trying uh, to do, you don't get why. Right, yeah, exactly. But, like, he has been, like, this whole time, it's like, we know he's up to something, and, like, he's really, like, making overt moves to do something. But, like, it's been kind of confusing as to, like, how the hell they could have a purpose, right? Yeah. We as get it turns here. turns out, yeah. he is the gatekeeper, and Richter is the Richter key master. Richter is the key master, yes. There you go. Um, yeah. I liked the other thing that I really liked about this was um, how <laughs> how Kandra uh, uh, was uh-huh. was played off in this. Her force ghost. Her force ghost. Yes, and the fact that only Remy can see her. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And clearly, she's still thirsty for him too. <laughs> Oh, it was it was it was <laughs> which made it, it was almost gross. It was it was, and the hilarious thing is, like he, she's having these conversations with him while he's right there with Rogue. <laughs> it's yeah, like she is so awful <laughs> that she it's... is very into his not telling Rogue that her Force Ghost is there. Yes. Oh, it's 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 good stuff to read. I'll say that. I'll put it that we, way. We also return to the dangling thread of the alternate universe Excalibur members as various Captains Britain. Yes, we do get that as well. And um, this is all definitely going to tie together. So it turns out, and like this isn't really spoilers in my opinion. I mean, I guess if you want to be technical about what a spoiler is, it is. But like, it's not like a big major plot thing, right? is we know basically since Excalibur started, part of, like, what they've been trying to investigate is the gates, the, you know, the Krakoan gates to Otherworld, and why, like, it wasn't working, and when they tried to reestablish one, it you know, basically that they, Otherworld kept destroying or blocking or, you know, essentially they could not establish a gate to Otherworld. Yeah. Turns out what, from this issue, what we get from Two Dots, trying to do is essentially he's trying to create a gate that can't be blocked. Yeah. Yeah. Like a permanent gate that is, you know, level two. It's a level, it's a, it's a gate 2.0 that can't be blocked. Yes. Yes. Um, and he gets it. (laughs) Yep. Yeah. And that sets us up for X-Men number 12. And all I'm going to say about it this week, we may we may double back to it next week with uh, Ten of Swords creation. Mm-hmm. But all I'm going to say about it this week is we learn why Apocalypse wants that gate, and we directly set up Ten of Swords. All right, yeah, I'm I'm so ready. Like every everything's primed at this point. Let's do it. Yep. And last book for this week. Heavy number one. 
This is a vault book by Max Bemis. We talked a good deal about his Moon Knight run Moon Knight a while run. back. Yeah, it was good stuff. Uh, art is by Eric Donovan uh, with colors by Chris Peter. This book, I think, has generally been pitched as Punisher, but with magic. And I think that short description does this book a disservice. Okay. Um, it's not wrong. It is about a uh, dude who is very good at killing bad people and does so as a direct result of his family's being gunned down by mobsters. But he was gunned down with them and is undead. Well, is basically in purgatory. And it's his job to go across a multiverse killing off bad people to prevent the creation of dark timelines. So, for instance, this issue sees him taking down a very, very, very horny Leonardo da Vinci. <laughs> who has created, basically has positioned himself as ruler of the world and is just this sadistic, hedonistic asshole. Okay. Um... And by killing him, a very sort of Doctor Who, the timeline will fix itself. Uh, timeline shift happens, and the world is no longer a dark timeline. Um, his whole goal, obviously, is to eventually, you know, earn enough points or whatever to rejoin his wife in the afterlife. Um, the title, there he's one of many who does this job. They're called Heavies, hence Heavy. Got it. Um, the other heavies all partner off and work in pairs, like the men in black. Uh, he has refused to partner off, but his point total won't get high enough if he continues to work singles. So he accepts a partner, and the partner turns out to be the mob boss who, prior to getting with this guy, oh, his wife had turned down, which is why the mob wiped out his family. So... So had they forced Frank Castle to team up with, you know, the, the the mob that killed the great. And if he were also like some kind of yeah. avenging angel. Yeah. 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 Wow. It's very good and darkly funny. I did not expect it to be funny. Sure. Strongly recommend it. Okay. Is it still good? Very quickly. Billionaire Island. Uh, yes, it is still good. The billionaires actually get theirs. I wish we were so lucky. Once in future, number 11. Hey, Brian, do you remember Beowulf? Like, the actual story Beowulf? Yes. Yeah. Do you remember what happens after you get rid of the Grindel? Neither do they. Yeah. Oh. Seven Secrets number two. Um, we talked about number one, um, I think maybe, maybe... Had you gotten a chance to read it when we talked about it? Do you remember? Uh, I don't think I think I had like started. I think I was reading it kind of like while we were. That's right. Yeah. So having read number two now, Mm -hmm. I get the impression that issues one and two are basically this book's prolog. Okay. That makes so, that makes sense now if you explain that. Yeah. Because I did I did end up finish reading number one. So yeah. Yeah. Um I think from here forward the pace will be, I think, will be more present day. 
Um, I think number two does a great job of building on the world building from one. Um, but I definitely think those two taken together are prologue. Detective Comics number 1027. Um, maybe we'll revisit this one once Brian's had a chance to read it. Uh, this is a big anniversary issue with like 9, 11, something like that. Different stories in it. Uh, they're all really solid. Um, Good. If I had to pick a favorite, shocking no one, it's probably the Fractions Darsky one about the Joker leaving Batman a birthday present every month. <laughs> uh, Conan, Battle for the Serpent Crown, number five. Mephisto tries to make a deal with Conan. Uh, the Immortal Hulk put out two issues this week. Number zero reprints the history of the Hulk and his father and his parents' deaths with some framing material that uh, gives us his father's relationship to what seems to be the series' big bad. While number 37. And definitely read zero before 37. Okay. Uh, number 37 shows us the next phase of the big bads plan. This week's books to read there. This week's books to read. Hell yeah. Woohoo. Yeah. Let's do it. What you got? Uh, Ten of Swords creation, number one. Like, duh. Yeah, we're not going to say anything else about it. Good God, read it. Suicide Squad, number nine. Oh, I've been building up to it. This is the one. This is, uh, this is the one where we lose Deadshot. Dark Knight's Death Metal Speed Force, number one. Uh, so this basically serves not only as the next chapter in death metal dealing with the flashes being chased by the Batman who laughs, but also basically serves as the capstone to Josh Williamson's flash run. Uh, the final issue of it is out next week. Read that then read speed force. Um, so this one kind of double dips on my list. Yeah. And just to, just to be clear, uh, it's not speed force. It's speed metal. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Yes. Got to go with the metal music theme, right? Yeah. yeah. yeah Dark yeah. Knight's death metal, speed metal. Yes, one. yes. Cool. Uh, I did show notes very quickly today. <laughs> yeah, all good. All right, the Immortal She-Hulk number one. Oh man, I, I'm after essentially this is billed as what's going to happen after the events of Empire for Jennifer Walters yeah. about how you know what's it's going to set up whatever is next for her kind of cleansing kind of a palate cleansing type thing and i i really the fact that they're calling it immortal she hulk um it kind of excites me a lot yeah Yeah. well i think it's very directly going to answer the how did she come back to life right question which if you're reading immortal hulk you kind of get what that answer is going to be but yeah she so far has not been pulled into all that Correct. Incidentally, Brian, I know you have had a hectic week. Did you see the casting news? Nope. They've cast She-Hulk Jennifer Walters for the uh, Disney Plus show. Who is it? Tatiana Maslany. (gasps) Oh my god! Oh, that makes me incredibly happy. 
giving Brian good news on the on the show is one of my favorite things I get. To oh, do. like so I I have no idea if I've ever shared this on the show or not. Tatiana Maslany is like one of my favorite. Like I think that she has so much talent. Like good God, that's that's super exciting to me. Yeah, yeah. Um, as a quick aside. I have also realized who I need to be Namor. I had seen on Twitter and was was uh, in my head trying to re- uh, uh, resolve both the idea of Rahul Kohli as Reed Richards and the idea of William Jackson Harper, Cheaty from The Good Place, yep. as Reed Richards. And I realized, no, 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 no. Rahul Kohli is Reed Richards. But Chidi is surprisingly ripped. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's a there's a part in the, there's an episode in the good place where his shirt comes off and everybody's like, "Holy shit." <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. a running joke that he is surprisingly ripped. Yes, yeah. Um William Jackson Harper needs to be Namor. <laughs> That's funny. I I sent this to Jen and to Meg this week to get their feedback and yes, they are both on board. Um, I will share the same pictures with you, but like it's uncanny. He he is built like Namor. I am I am looking at my text stream from Alex now, eagerly awaiting. That definitely looks like Namor. I'm I'm yeah. Okay. Well that's because that's the Namor right. I, I, I understand. I'm the <laughs> For listeners at home yes. who are not the NSA. <laughs> oh my god, you I mean Wow. <laughs> Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like I did not expect it to be so eerily <laughs> eerily the same muscle base when That's, I started this as a goof. That is um kind of frighteningly similar. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Just not quite as much of a widow's peak as Namor. No, no. And no. he's wearing more pants, but other than that. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the last next week book is the Autumnal, which is a new horror book from Vault. Yeah, duh, exciting, great, I love it. All right, anything else before we wrap <sighs> it up, Brian? I'll just mention, holy cow, I found a new show that for somehow I had missed. Um, and if like if you enjoy animation, Kipo and the Age of the Wonder Beasts is yes. fantastic. Holy cow, I've- is it good? I have only seen the first couple of episodes, but it is so far amazing. Uh, the it's great. Soundtrack score. Yes. Excellent. Like everything about this book is good. I can't wait for you to get further through it so we can talk about it then. Um, have you watched The Owl House? Nope. I have not. The Owl House is excellent. Uh, Infinity Train. Also excellent and really quick to get through. Each season's like 10, 10 minute long episodes. Oh, okay. Okay. Yep. All right. Owl House and Infinity Train, huh? Yep. All right. I will. Uh, I will. As a matter of fact, I'll add those to my to my list of watchy things now. Wendy Malick is one of the main characters on Owl House. Oh, wonderful! Perfect. And with that, we would like to thank Chase Parker for our intro voiceover. You can visit us at panelologypodcast.com, support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash panelology, get panelology merch at bit.ly slash panelology merch, capital P, capital M, or write into us at bit.ly slash panelology mailbag. Again, capital P, capital M. I'm Alex. And I am Brian. Go read comics. (laughs) 